Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And this week, it's a special episode recorded live from our last Thursday Club event just last week. And it's the topic all too familiar to the listeners of this podcast. In fact, it was only a handful of episodes ago that I was talking about attention with Irina from Oracle. But guess what? It's back already. And this time, we assembled three of the sharpest thinkers when it comes to the ever-changing conversation around attention. We sat them down in front of a mic at IAB UK HQ, got them fired up with the offer of some screw-top rosé, and spent 20 or so minutes debating the fortunes and fallacies of the topic that's getting its fair share of column inches at the moment. Around the table, we had Aranan Senathiriger, product partner at Dentsu Aegis Network, Jackie Leons, Havas Media's head of planning, and Ashley Bateman, who is group sales director at Double Verify. And to paraphrase the intro I gave on the night, I challenged each of them with seven very deliberate provocations on attention, mainly to avoid having a panel of people who spend the whole time just violently agreeing with one another. So you're going to hear about how optimising creative to hold attention basically leads to clickbait, how attention is a complete misnomer for effectiveness, and you're going to hear lots about Byron Sharp. Enjoy. I think effectiveness and attention go hand in hand, there's no doubt. I think when we talk about it in Havas, we talk about a big A of attention and a little A of attention. Mm. And that's because attention gets complex. You know, when you look at different data sets across different channels and think about different roles across your media plan, there's different types of attention. Basically, in short, the little A of attention is what we call things like digital display, just removing stuff that has no attention. And so that's just basic stuff to me that I think clients would expect to be happening anyway. So it's a bit like where viewability was five or six years ago. I think that's where that will go. Mm. We should just pay for things that have attention. The other side of it is the big A of attention, and that gets into like effectiveness in terms of brand building, lasting effects, memory structures, all of that stuff. And so it's really important that we understand what reach is. I mean, I'm not going to quote Karen Nelson Field too much, but, you know, obviously every impression isn't equal, and that's where that one fits in my head. And there's a, a sort of a start reaction from John Waite at Havas. We can't not mentioned Byron Sharp in this mm-hmm. debate. I mean, he's part of the reason that we're, that we're sat here. Not to undermine his point too much, but he made the point about outdoor and he said, look, if you see an outdoor poster for a second or two seconds and you see it for 20 seconds, it doesn't really make a difference. Once you see it, you get it. So there's no value in holding that attention some more, which is a sort of contrary point of view. John took slight issue with that. John and Karen Nelson Field as well, I Mm. believe, in the Twitter thread. But yeah, so basically, obviously, there's a relationship between recall and the amount of seconds that somebody watches something and pays full attention to. Mm. And two seconds isn't enough to have a lasting impact on recall. And if you don't have recall, you don't create the salience that you need. And he would be a big salience mental availability fan. So I think it's just a case, to be fair to Mm. Mr. Sharp, who is a very clever person, let's be honest. I think it is a case of him not really understanding how media works, but being a very good marketer and very good, you know, marketing scientist in his own right yeah what do you think about it Aaron when you read it I tend to agree with the comments already made but Mm. you want disagreements I can't agree (laughs) but I think what I would say is maybe taking a a step back for a second maybe going just for those audience members who don't know what attention even is or what effective attention is because we talk about effective attention at Dentsu you're provocative statement was it's a misnomer to effectiveness Mm. attention is a misnomer to effectiveness well let's flip it on its head If I said to you that I could give you effective advertising, 
and guarantee zero attention, would you want to buy that product? Would anyone want to buy a product that said, we can guarantee that no one saw or attended to this ad, yet it's effective? I think at that point... So when you, well, at that point, most people would say they don't want it, right? Most people would say that the starting point of good advertising or effective advertising is attention. So attention has always been the fundamental first step in good advertising. Yeah. Current furore or debate is probably around the renewed focus on it and the way that people are focusing on it. And I think that's healthy. It's healthy to have the debates about the nuances of the actual approaches that agencies or tech partners are taking. Yeah. I think it would be a bit strange to say that anyone, even a layperson, would probably not argue that you could have an effective ad without it being seen. And why now? Why is the debate sort of raging now? Because it was long before Byron Sharp put his six eggs in. Why is it all kind of coming to a head now? There's probably numerous factors that have precipitated the debate now. Definitely, we saw, like, the, with the whole looming cookie death as it was a couple of years ago mm. and still happening it's still looming because of certain players extending its life expectancy as it were then clients and marketers were keen to reevaluate from the ground up yeah. our advertising and how we were buying that media on behalf of our clients so i think the truth is that it's probably the right time to have that conversation because what we're going to find is in the coming years agencies and marketers and advertisers who pay more attention to the quality of the advertising that they're buying are going to get more value from it yeah. versus those people who just continue to do business as usual are likely to be taken for a ride and that's provocative by big quite big players who's it's in their interest to take you for a ride effectively something mr sharp i think we'll keep calling him mr sharp actually i quite like that something mr sharp said he said we should be very wary of research on attention that comes from anyone selling attention metrics mm. do you think he was right to say that no. Because you um, sell attention metrics. Absolutely, yeah. So I think it's an interesting point because obviously they'd be biased, right? But I think that's their bread and butter. You know, obviously you trust them. But I think when you're looking at research from attention companies, you need to make sure the panel base is scalable. You know, it's big enough to have a robust data set. Also looking at different markets, you know, are they running the research in Russia and UK when it's meant to be a global study? So I think, yeah, you would definitely you know, trust them, but you have to look into the data. Do you trust everyone that comes through the doors? I, I, think, I think you should be wary of everybody at all times. <laughs> regardless... Talk about attention! Yeah, regardless of what they're selling you, you should be wary of That's the job of an agency. Yeah. I work as an, as an agent on behalf of a client. Part of that role is to be wary of what's being sold or yeah. what's being bought on behalf of that client. Having said that, I agree with the idea that if a company invests money along a particular pursuit, then chances are they're going to know more about it than a company that doesn't invest money in that pursuit. Now, just throwing money at a problem doesn't mean it's worth solving. But once you accept that there's data in, to support that, you know, attention is something that needs to be looked at, then at that point, it makes sense to go to the people who are putting the most effort into trying to solve that problem. So yeah. I tend yeah. to agree. I mean, like, nobody should be marking their own homework. That's something that we yeah. all know, right? Yeah. I think like where attention has moved on more recently is that, and you've mentioned the case studies that you guys have, right? But we need to just look for other data sources that prove the effect and outcomes that we have, mm. like it had in theory for so long around its impact. So it's about also looking at the in-channel impact and looking at media owners who can measure that at an in-channel level, of course, but then the big picture has to be accounted for as well. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, just on that and marking your own homework, I think when you're working with an int attention vendor, you need to make sure they're accredited by an industry body. So, for instance, DV is accredited by the MRC. It's basically just making sure that they're not marking their own homework and you trust their methodology as well. Is all attention good? Attention's a good thing, right? 
the more attention you have if you follow the pattern of thought the more effective it should be Definitely not. There's positive attention and negative mm. attention. And I think also we look at attention metrics sometimes, just the hard facts, the metrics, but actually what's the sentiment behind that? It may have got a high, you know, high attention score, but was it effective? You know, was it a positive ad? And a lot of formats, which we've all seen, are definitely not. So, yeah, I think it's really important to, to then understand if it's positive in the sentiment. Yeah. I think there's a massive role for content. In that, we were talking a little bit earlier about Kylie Jenner yeah. and that disaster. Lots but, of attention then. Yeah. But it wasn't from a media side necessarily. It was probably on one of the lower attention platforms that delivered because the content was, we'll say the star of the show in a positive way, but that was what was driving the attention. Yeah. And I think actually in the whole world of attention, the role for content does get lost and yeah. it's such a huge part of it. But as like in the classic media planning world, yeah, yeah. because we have more data, we're kind of held to account a little bit more than I think our creative agency colleagues are sometimes. Do you think creatives are sort of turned on by this idea of getting lots of attention? I mean, I mean, are they sort of beating down the door to say, like, show us the data, we, we want stuff? Because surely you get into that game, you get into an ad agency, you go and work for these amazing companies because you want your work to be noticed, to, to be talked about, to be sung in playgrounds, to be in jokes, that, that kind of thing. But I wonder if that... I mean, they're not represented here, which is, you know, yeah. interesting, but I wonder if that's kind of turned on by that. Yeah, and I think also just in terms of when we measure attention, there's no feedback loop to creative, and actually that's the core reason for attention mm. and natural messaging to your consumer, and it often stops at the media agency or the advertiser, and there's not a 360 loop, which there should be, mm. and maybe there is advertisers that are doing that really well, but... I don't think there is. So I think, yeah, it's quite disjointed and it could be a better feedback loop, I think. I suppose just to keep it really clear, though, you can separate attention from the creative message, right? You can do that. So if you said all things being equal, that old phrase, if you say all things being equal is more attention better, then the answer, sh all of the data suggests a resounding yes. Right. If you then say, oh, if you're getting more attention and you've got a, a shocking creative that's really clickbaity and potentially damaging to your brand, that's a, sep that's a separate issue in some sense. You need to separate out those two issues. What we're saying is quite clearly, in some ways, I think part of the argument here is because people are a little bit confused about what attention is, in my view. Yeah. I think attention is quite a basic thing, which is just, was the thing seen? Right. And we've, been having, we've had proxies for this since advertising began. Right? The earliest proxy is... Is it visibly in a place which, where people are going to see it if it's out of home? Is this a visible thing that people are going to see? That's highly attentive. That's not another way of saying that it's highly attentive, right? Now we've got more sophisticated mm. techniques, but it's only answering a very simple question. And it's the very first question along effective advertising. So it is fundamental to effective advertising, but it's not a silver bullet. It's not that if you just focus on attention, everything else suddenly falls into place. Yeah, you've still got to sell more cans of Pepsi. Correct. And isn't it then that if you really just laser focus on attention, what you end up with creatively is very clickbaity, is just designed to get someone to, to do something with it without those lasting business effects that we're looking for. So I'm a big fan, and I'm sure a lot of people in the room are, of like Orlando Wood and all of his work. And I don't agree with that point for that reason. And it kind of comes back to what I was saying about the big A of attention mm. and building brands the right way, connecting emotionally with people. All of that has an impact on recall. And obviously he's done tons of work from a creative perspective to understand what kind of messaging has changed over time and what that means. And, you know, there's more of a product focus. He talks about eye contact, kind of creepy stuff, all that has 
like a negative effect. And I think that's totally true. I think it's totally true. When you look at ads, you see there's so much information and technical pieces of information about new products. Yeah. And we have lost some of the emotion and the fun and the mm. kind of iconic stuff like you know, Cabri's Gorilla is like one yeah, of yeah. the ones that like just made no sense, but like everyone remembered and every, it's stuck in people's minds for that reason. How much of the media that played out on had an impact on that? Do you think it's because it was this incredible 30 second telly ad, everyone sees collectively, goes into work, playgrounds the next day and talks about it? Or was it just because it was a bit of a bonkers creative? The honest answer is probably it's I think a bit it's of both, both right? yeah. Like, I mean, if they'd made that ad, I'm just trying to imagine if you removed the fact that they would have spent like a couple of hundred thousand pounds a week on TV. 100 quid on the ad. I mean, <laughs> thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Made it look very easy. Yeah. But yeah, I, like if you imagine it went onto a low attention platform, I think that creative was so unique that it probably would have yeah. still had a moment, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's interesting to think about those forces coming together. And I think for, in my world, like the more upstream we get as media agencies to mm. have conversations with clients about the impact of this before decisions are made, I think is really important. Ashley, no one in the room needs explaining the very various economic headwinds we're going through, cost of living crisis, cost of energy. This is sounding a bit list trust, isn't it? But, you know, already we're seeing signs that advertising bouts are being tightened. Yeah. Clients are being hooked into rooms by CFOs, non-advertising, non-digital people saying, you've got to cut me some money from somewhere. That being the case, surely tension is going to be bottom of the to-do list somewhere. It's just all about effectiveness. Yeah. Sell me more stuff. Yes, I, yeah, I don't agree with that. And I think if... I think where budgets are getting tightened, there's resources. We know within the industry there's a lack of resource, you know, lots more work to do, less people to do it. So I think there's a time where you need to take that time to step back and really understand where you're going to get the most out of your ad pounds, basically. And I think giving time to understand what good and positive attention is for you with the key KPIs for that particular campaign or overall marketing mix and how that feeds into your MMM data, then yeah, it's really important to take that step back, give it time and also just work on a test and learn approach. Yeah. You know, I think the thing with attention, it's, you know, there's lots of different methodologies and I think when we speak to clients, you know, they don't actually know what positive attention is or good attention looks like. So I think what they should do is just start a test and learn approach and finally tune it as they go along. Is that fair? Where are your clients on this on attention? They're asking lots of questions, they're curious, they nailed it. The answer to that question is related to both of the previous responses, which is that this big A, small A idea, I quite like that. And maybe the focus, at least in the first sort of phase of this, should be on just making the message really clear around the small A. Because the big A is what everyone gets excited about. A lot of cutting edge research is all in that. But then when you're actually having a conversation with a client, a planner, if a junior mid-level planner is having a conversation with a client, with the best will in the world, mm. they're not going to be able to educate that client on the big A topics necessarily. Whereas there's an easy win for both the client and for the planner to talk about the small A wins. And so I think you need to take a, a sort of a journey, an evolving journey along that path. And the first step is, look, attention is nothing new, but what the way that we're looking at attention is somehow much more tight and somehow more sophisticated. That's the first step. And then once people are sort of on that journey, you can then talk about how there's this big A then, where actually there's a lot of psychological research that says that attention and the things that you can measure around those attention signals impacts everything around your advertising. But I think if you lead with that, yeah. that's why you have this muddy water and people are like, I just don't understand this. Mm. So I think you should start with a simple message, mm -hmm. get everyone on board with it, and then take them on the journey. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny, like the cost of living, the whole crisis, it sparks many different thoughts. I was chatting with my counterpart in strategy, who's a very clever person called Tony Matson, And he made a really good point. And it's not dissimilar to the point you made about our obligation or our job as like an agent, right? But in the context of the cost of living crisis, our job is to make sure that the money that we're given as an agency goes as far as it can to deliver on effectiveness. Mm. And actually, what's really scary to think about is, you know, somebody somewhere in that company has made a decision about like recruitment, salaries, other really important things to give you a pot of money to spend as, you know, an advertiser. And I think if we don't bring clients on a journey around attention because we know it's more effective, we're kind of not doing our job. Mm. So that's another angle on it, I guess. We sort of touched on it there, but why is it so difficult to corral the industry around? Why can't we get to a single, very easy definition? I think you talked about viewability. MRC come out, it come up with a definition. I mean, I remember working on a client, big global client, who they had different viewability measures based on where you worked in the world for the same company so we do it here one place and we do it. it's kind of bonkers but why is it so hard to get why can't we just all why can't we all just here agree what attention's going to be and go away and happy days we'll do a press release and yeah. done I, again i think it's you know it's not a one size fits all you know every advertiser is different they've got different kpis they've got different campaign types so i think having a standardization you know from the likes of yourselves at the iab you know, it's just not going to work for anyone. Mm. So, yeah. Why don't we say dwell time? It feels pretty good. The longer you look at... Something. How do you define dwell time? Well, I'm asking the questions. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, suppose, I suppose one big division in methodologies around the use of eye tracking, right? So if you're using some sort of a partner or technique that actually measures the movement of the eye, then that's one approach. You've got other approaches that use a mix of measurements such as viewability etc and maybe you find these things are correlated there is a difference there there is a genuine difference in the way that those things are measured and people have to take a point of view we've taken a particular point of view that we believe in and that's why you've got this range of opinions but like i said i think the reason why the industry is not corralling around us any single definition is twofold one it's an ongoing pursuit no one's found a single answer if that exists. Mm. And two, this thing about big A, small A, I think that actually makes it, whilst really important and necessary, if you mix those two things in, it creates this muddy water situation where the clients and everyone in the industry is just like, I've heard the word attention, but what the hell does that even mean? And how is that related to my campaign that's going live tomorrow and I just want to get a really low CPA, for instance, right? So there's a big disconnect between that Mm. and then talks of we've got cutting-edge psychological research that shows us that if the person's looking to the right, then it means X. XYZ for your brand, yeah. you know, that's, I think those two things are not going to connect anytime soon. So we should probably focus on the real low hanging fruit, which is attention's always been something that we've been interested in. Yeah. We've got much better ways of measuring that now. You pay your money, you take your chances. We think we've got a good way of doing it at Dentsu. Havas will obviously say they've got a good view and so we'll double verify. That's where the debate should be really. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to add, of course, is like how crazy media is in the first instance. And like the fact that we can't even like agree a methodology to deduplicate reach across wall gardens and everything else. Like how the hell are we going to have a unit of attention when we haven't even got that sorted yet? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just complex. Media is complex. Every yeah. channel is slightly different. Yeah. Every media owner behaves a different way. Every agency has a different story. And actually, when you think about attention, if you think about the last 10 years and how active some of the big digital players have been in landing their stories, they're not landing attention as clearly because it doesn't necessarily suit them. And so I wonder with that voice missing as well, it makes everything seem even more fragmented. Yeah, just had me thinking there, you know, a digital at home six sheet versus a host reading a podcast versus a 
banner ad. Mm. I mean, there's mm. you know, so the, the thing between all of them, you couldn't possibly... Mm. And they all do a different job you know, in a comms plan and they're, they're all useful in their own way. But then, unfortunately, things get you know, painted with the same brush or they're apples and oranges that we're comparing, I guess. Yeah, we should finish with Mr Sharp because he's featured so heavily in the debate. He wrote a LinkedIn post the other day sort of qualifying some of the stuff he said. He said, when you optimise toward attention, it's impossible to optimise towards tangible business outcomes like awareness or sales. Can you do more than one thing at the time? Yeah, DB, obviously we do the metrics, but then we work with third-party partners such as Kantar, IRI, to then make sure that is you know, being linked to business outcomes as well. And that's really important to show proofs in the pudding. We've made extra sales, we've had brand uplift by X percent, etc. But I get the point he's making, he's sort of saying if you're really single-minded and you're links you just want to sell more cans of deodorant you need people to be aware of it you need to consider it in a set of those but ultimately you just need to sell more cans so isn't it better to be really single-minded about that but i guess that is assuming something there's an implicit assumption there that the way that you're measuring effectiveness is already completely perfect mm. and anyone who's worked, at least in programmatic that's my background my pedigrees in programmatic anyone who's worked in that space knows that historically you can perfect you know you can you know, well yeah. there's been issues with the widely accepted attribution model yeah. and that's nothing new that was even when we had the luxury of having third-party cookies to support the mechanism <laughs> right now we're losing that it's going to get even more difficult yeah, yeah. to measure quote-unquote effectiveness you have to build it from first principles from first principles like i said forget anyone in the industry ask your grandma if she thinks <laughs> that an ad that wasn't seen at all had any effect on purchase and i'm pretty sure that her answer will be what do you do for a living? <laughs> How Which is asking? an even more complicated yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How is that even a question that you're asking? <laughs> so like, that's the level that we should almost be yeah. really evangelising. It's a really simple thing around quality. And that's where I think attention is right now. But then going forward, I'm more excited about the big A things, definitely. Yeah. Effective attention in dense is what we call it. We're definitely applying a lot of research into that. But I think the messaging for clients in the first stage should just be around the basics. His question or his divisive comment around you can't simultaneously optimise towards both performance yeah. and attention, I would argue that unless you are looking at attention, you certainly aren't capturing performance. All right? That's it. Very good. Fine, final word kind of with you, Jackie. Gosh. Jackie's I, final thought. I agree with everyone. <laughs> um, no, it, it's true. I mean, I think they're all interrelated is what my observation was when I saw that. I, you can't have one without the other. And again, I just think you should stop talking about media because like talk about stuff, you know, and when you kind of make big claims about really detailed channels, it takes a long time to become experts in. Yeah. It's just there's always a way we can argue back. And it's a silly, like just put a pin in that one, I'd say, Mr. Sharp. Back in your lane. Yeah. It has got us talking about it, though, which is maybe a sort of useful device. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know the, thought, the thoughts of the room. There's probably some sort of tired legs. I can see lots of people sort of swapping legs to lean on because you've been stood up for half an hour. Thoughts, comments, questions for... Yeah, t tell us uh, name and way of sort of Cilla Black from things. Uh, yeah. We're a digital media publisher. So just interested in the whole area of, I suppose, the environment versus the message. So I'm walking in to the office in the morning and I see my friends and colleagues, I'm pretty alert because I'm in this, in this versus maybe leaning back at home, being a little bit more relaxed. Because I suppose it's like, you know, is attention the same as being alert in a way? Right? And how does that affect the balance, I mean, between content and environment? Like, I know that's probably no real easy answer to that, but you know what I mean? Like, I think we obviously have different levels of alertness throughout the day, which has got an impact on attention, is that sort of? 
I think so. So, like, if you allowed me to put eye tracking technology on you throughout the day, my guess would be that the data that came out of that sensor would show that your eyes were behaving differently when you're more alert to when you're less alert. So, again, it's a proxy that we're using. Well, eye tracking is still a proxy of some description. What we really want to know is, did this have a meaningful change in the, ma- in yes. the person's mind? That's what we really want to know. That's what all advertisers have ever wanted to know. But as you said, that's a hard question. So you start off with an easier question. And back in the day, we were talking about, is the ad in view? That's what we were talking about before. So that was the proxy back in the day. But we've seen that that is somehow not sufficient. It's not a sufficient one. It's not, maybe even not necessary. So to answer your question directly, I think there probably is a relationship between the time... They, well, we know from the data there is a relationship between time of day and, and what we're calling attention. But what you're calling alertness... I think what you really want to know is, does that alertness lead to a different outcome? And that's a psychological question. That's a big A question. Mm -hmm. You're back to big A questions. And I think there's a lot of work on that. But as far as I know, there's no definitive answer about this is the way to to get that. Right. So we're just constantly getting better and better at answering that question. It is instinctive stuff, too, though. I think media planners like if you where would you rather your ad be if you had the choice of being in a news brand, really premium placement at like eight a.m. till 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. till 12 p.m. I mean, some of the stuff is just common sense. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, it's great we have data, but before data, we still made recommendations that were based on our instinct of when people were going to concentrate more. I would argue that was still data. It's just that you're the human AI, as it were, that's making the decision. Whereas now we're moving to the actual AI making the decision, but it's still data. Mm-hmm. I see this slightly bonkers, bizarre, dystopian world where media planners just start front-loading the day with media <laughs> and we don't see anything past about three o'clock because everyone's a bit... Uh, yeah, but that would create a different... That, that, interesting, that might create a different environment yeah. where the later in the day was the more attentive piece because it was more... Stand so, it was more standout. How, you know, this is the different question. I like it. Got a bit of psychology as well, fantastic. <laughs> Rob. Yeah, uh, double advice. Well, it's good to see you in the next 10 years we might be looking at uh, alertness in the class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, next month's <laughs> last Thursday. <laughs> <last, laughs> <laughs> 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 Sign up now. Um, but do you think we're being a little bit oversimplistic on the measurement of attention and the fact that the attention is not sort of a one-size-fits-all for everyone? You know, attention differs based on whether you've seen the ad before or you know, the age that you are or the demographic you sit in, where you've seen it, the, the, the media channel. Do you think we're being a bit too simplistic for that? Or do you think that maybe we can move beyond beyond that and, and basically we'll be trying to be a little bit too one-size-fits-all for everything and making sure that we are, you know, basically making a job for ourselves as, as media buyers, should I say. You know, you view, view, this is where we were with viewability five, six years ago. Mm. It seems like a bit of deja vu. Data viewability. You're doing really well, actually, I thought. It's sort of seeming to be trying to quantify the unquantifiable because it's such a subjective proposition to the attention. How is that different from... Do you think it's genuinely subjective, though? Do you think that, even let's say viewability, do you think that there is no value in viewability? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, how do you quantify that as media buyers? Do you say, well, actually, the attention on these people wasn't actually that good, but actually they've seen the ad before, but actually salience on a, on a seeing the ad for one second is actually really important for that campaign to improve... I think that what you're asking is almost like the second step on the journey. You've done is you've implicitly accepted that attention's important, and then now you're asking, but what level of attention? Yeah. And that's what we're calling effect. Telling us that attention is important. Yeah, there we go. It's what we correct. Yeah. So you agree. So we agree. We're trading on that on a very like measured way. Like one iota of attention means 
Are we though? Not, I'm not conceding that point. Are we? Are you saying that all of the buying via ADAPT is currently bought on some unit? Have you got a unified measure of attention? Well, well, well to, a certain, to a certain extent, obviously, you know, we've always traded attention. Attention could be click through rate. Attention could be viewability. Attention could be. Do you, do you know what I mean, the, 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 we've always traded on it, but what we're saying is that we you think we've been so prescriptive of what a click means, what a viewable impression means, what attention means, what you know, recall means, alertness means. Your concern is what I thought. I think is because of the big A conversation. I personally I think it's because of the big A conversation. Whereas if, you, if we were just talking about the small A, what I'm saying is I think there are now techniques to measure just attention. And by attention, I mean, was the ad looked at? Mm -hmm. There are now better techniques to do that than we've previously had available or to measure that and to optimise towards that. Now, what you do with that, I agree with you, what you do with that is still an open question. Like, and it will be KPI specific, it will be campaign vertical product specific, right? But let's first of all agree that this is worthwhile doing from the very fundamental point of view first. And then you'll take a view on it. Maybe you turn around to me and you say, I'm quite happy to take a blended mix of quality metrics as my understanding of attention click you said click-through rate you said viewability maybe you come up with a some sort of a mixed version of those metrics some sort of a formula that is your value of attention we don't take that point of view we take the point of view that we want to base our understanding of attention on some eye tracking research right and then use a model of attention to inform our both our measuring and our optimization these are different points of view we could have that conversation yeah but but uh, yeah, no, no. I, I, that's where the that's where the conversation. Of, arguably, that's where the that's where the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> do you think models are then? As soon as models are made, they're sort of out of date immediately. Do you think that you know actually we shouldn't be looking so far down the the lens of attention because it differs so differently from, from the individual that is actually a non-start. Let's bring Jackie. So, Jackie, it's so interesting if you look at some attention data. But I find one thing that struck me when I was looking at different age demos was. Actually, in over 65s, they had extremely high attention for YouTube, which was kind of counterintuitive in terms of their media behaviour. And actually, 24s had higher attention for linear TV than for YouTube. And then when you think about it, it's because over 65s are treating YouTube the way young people treat TV, which is over 65s are just flicking in the evening. They're not really thinking about what they're watching. And when they use YouTube, it's like appointment to view for them. They're going to look for something very specific that they want to find. Whereas for like young people, they open... YouTube without thinking about it and they're just looking through to entertain themselves but like they choose like Love Island on purpose you know the way and that's the difference it's so interesting when you break all those things down and you apply them to different role for comms or different brand challenges why would you not account for that is I guess you know probably do one more question who wants to ask the very last very important question no pressure, Eric. <laughs> uh, so it's Eric from Lumen. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Uh -oh. <laughs> so obviously, uh -oh. we see a world where attention is, everyone uses attention. You yourselves especially have us and then to have kind of been leading the charge on it. But is it going to become a commodity in the same way the viewability kind of is now? Mm. And if so, do you see yourselves doing things with it that are different and unique to yourselves compared to the other holding companies? I don't know exactly what you're doing with the data. I know what we're doing with the data. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'll show you mine if you show me. <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs> I guess, look, I, like things will get more advanced. We're on a journey for sure. And as you've said, the beginning of the journey, I think, is just removing inventory that has no attention and using your data to help us do that. That's like baby steps. 
And then the conversation gets more interesting because once you've removed that pressure of planners and of, of agencies, then you can free up conversations about big A attention and growing brands in a more meaningful way. And I'm certain there's a role, I know what we're doing with you, like we've been working with you on to redistribute reach budgets into attention budgets and test what that does. But like you made a very good point about how much attention do you actually need? And I don't know the answer to that yet. You know what I mean? Like we're on a journey and we will figure that out. Mm. But for a launch, you'd think maybe high attention makes sense. If you're an FMCG that's always on all the time and your ad is new, I don't know, is reach okay? Mm. We need to test these things for different outcomes and evaluate them based on investment. Violently agreeing, Ashley. Yeah, no, totally agree. Yeah, test and learn. No one model fits any advertiser. Thank you very much. For Jackie Aranan and for Ashley, we give them a massive hand. Aranan Senna Thuriger from Dentsu Aegis, Double Verifies Ashley Bateman and Havas's Jackie Leons there. Lots of nodding heads in the room on big A attention and small A attention. A polite request to Byron to stop talking about media and even a splash of feistiness at the end there too. But of course, the debate doesn't stop there and we are committing lots of resource around attention with a whole range of things being delivered between now and the end of the year. Everything from case studies with proof points, a definitions matrix, a curation of lots of different member attention content and even a set of questions that's designed specifically for buyers to ask when they're being sold attention metrics. All of those things you'll be able to find at iabuk.com. And that's it for this week. As ever, if you can find two minutes to rate and review the pod, we'd really appreciate it. It just helps make sure more people can find it wherever they get their podcasts from. Thanks for listening. And if you were at last Thursday's Last Thursday Club, thanks for coming. The next one is at the end of November. And the theme, sustainability. Sign up to come on iabuk.com. Thanks a lot. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.